The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. All right, clock has started. Let's get it going. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, the very first weekend of January. Welcome to it. Happy New Year. If we missed you last week, I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, is here. Hey, Derek. Hi, Danny. Dave Spano, our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Yeah, thanks, Danny. And of course, uh, the investment team was uh, hard at work the entire week. And in fact, we ended Friday on a positive note because we got some really good news from average hourly earnings. And so this is going to sound sound counterintuitive, but average hourly earnings went down and the market really rallied from that news. Well, they're down from what they were on a year-over-year basis. Um, They're up 0.3% in December. The other thing that was really interesting is November was revised down too. People freaked out on that November wage gain of 0.6. They actually revised that down to 0.4. And the other thing that's extraordinary is given all this talk about a recession, the U.S. economy added 223,000 jobs in the month. The unemployment rate is now back to 3.5%, despite the fact that the labor force expanded by 439,000 workers. Yeah, and so of course the Fed is really in a conundrum as we have covered very well well is that they're trying to lower demand because they really can't do anything on the supply side. So they're trying to do what's called demand destruction, slow things down. But on the other side, Derek, we saw a number of numbers that do suggest that the slowing is on top of us. We saw this ISM number. It has contracted on the manufacturing side. And now we saw a services number, ISM services number, that has gone from 56 to under 50 to about 49. Both of those suggest that the manufacturing and service industries are Right. And we've seen the same thing from the housing market. Um, you know, new home sales down dramatically. The average sale per realtor at, at record lows in terms of home sales. So the housing market is rolling over. That has secondary and tertiary impact. So the economy is clearly slowing. And this very well may be what a soft landing looks like. You right. know, modest job gains, modest wage pressures, but yet inflation continues to abate. And that will be funny, Derek, because if a recession happens, it'll be the most widely anticipated recession. And if it doesn't happen, that means the contrarians were right again, that maybe we have just a slowing down or a soft landing. But right now, the key is, and what we're looking at, is when is the Fed done raising rates? And so if all of these things are trying to slow down, then they're doing their job, right? So if, if the manufacturing is starting to contract, the services are starting to contract, if payroll numbers are starting to look better, that means that perhaps February and maybe a 25 basis point hike in February might be the last. And folks, remember, the stock market bottoms long before the economy does. And that was amplified by the FOMC minutes. And in those minutes, no one in the committee expected rate cuts in 2023. They all agreed on the need for aggressive rate increases. You know, you either believe the Fed or you don't. People believe the Fed during the bull market were rewarded as they injected liquidity into the system. Now they're taking liquidity out. They're telling you they're going to be hawkish. So you really have to have kind of a playbook in which to negotiate.
negotiate this, as you mentioned, because certainly the market will celebrate if it appears they are pausing these rate hikes. And that's the key word, pause. And so we talked a lot about what are the words we're going to look for in 2023 and pause versus pivot. What does that mean? That they're going to pause their rate increases. And of course, they had seven in 2022, one highly likely next month in February. And then do they pause raising the rates. The pivot, folks, means that they're going to turn around and start lowering rates. I find that very unlikely. Well, and the other thing, be careful what you wish for, because if the Fed starts to lower rates, it's because the economy is rolled over and they see an accident about to happen, or perhaps it already has. The other wild card, obviously, in 2023 is oil prices. They've come down substantially. We all know that from going to the gas pump. And that could change very quickly as China's reopening. And of course, China is reopening and it's going to be dramatic, of course. They have still had these COVID restrictions. They are lifting them, which probably means COVID is going to run rampant through China, but that also means the economy is going to open up. So that will be a story throughout the year as well. Dirk Felsky is our chief investment officer. He's here with us the rest of the hour. So stick around for more. Dave Spano as well. If you came in late on that Week in Review, just want to remind you that this show and the Week in Review available on demand this weekend, the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. You can get it via the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter that's delivered on Sunday mornings. If you're not a subscriber, you don't have to be a client. Head to our website for that. And again, Spotify at the top of the hour, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button if we can help, folks. It's the first weekend of the year. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. It is Sunday, January 8th, and we're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management Team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex Team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple of things you can do this weekend. Sign up for the Axiom, that free weekly newsletter. We're on social media like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Very vibrant channel. Over 1,500 videos from Annex Wealth Management. We've got a SWAT podcast. Members of our Annex Wealth Management investment team usually drops Monday morning on Spotify as well. I'm Danny Clayton, Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer in the studio. Dave Spano is our President CEO. Thanks, Danny. You know, I had an opportunity to talk to some people this week. Uh, at a social event, and a lot of the questions were very interesting to me. The biggest one, of course, was not about inflation or the Fed or CPI. It really was, am I in a position to weather the storm in 2023? And Derek, you know, we talk a lot about how to position portfolios, probably our key discussion point throughout the week. Right. Absolutely. I mean, throughout the year, we basically have moved towards companies that generate free cash flow, uh, pay dividends. We've gradually extended duration as we expected the U.S. growth to slow. Uh, And we're also looking at factor-oriented portfolios. For example, uh, one ETF that I particularly like that we're using broadly looks at the Russell 2000. It takes the top 100 in terms of free cash flow yield, weights those 100 based on their free cash flow yield, and was only down 2% in a year that the S&P was down 19. Yeah, that got that certainly there was a lot of bloodbath in 2022 and as earnings season begins, those are the things that we look for. Our analysts on our team do a deep dive into a number of things, but free cash flow of a company, what does that mean? It means, of course, that that is at the bottom line, that is really what they're returning to their shareholders and how they use that money. That is really the barometer of health of a company. 
Right. And, and just to put a little bit more clarity to it, think about the energy sector where they generated enormous profits last year. They're returning money to shareholders. They're not spending the money on CapEx that they used to in the past because, frankly, they've been disincented from doing it. And one of the reasons, as long as oil prices continue to remain above 70, 80 bucks, uh, they're going to continue to coin money and that money will be returned to shareholders. And those stocks have performed quite well. Plus, they offer a, attractive dividends. And we talked about energy throughout the year, and it was the best performing sector in 2022. And again, there is a lot that's happening. As China reopens, that means the demand for energy is going to continue. We'll have to see what happens with Russia and Ukraine. Hopefully there's a ceasefire and we'll have to watch that news. But energy continues to be a good theme. And we talk about index weightings and of course those who just uh, use indexes alone and they look at indices. There are sectors in the index. There's 11 sectors, folks. Technology is the largest sector and energy is the smallest one. We'll have to see if there's a reversion there. Well, and the interesting thing is the energy sector's weighting in the S&P 500 actually doubled last year, given the relative performance, but it's less than half of what it was uh, 25 years ago. I mean, if you looked at a relative price chart of Amazon versus energy, it wouldn't touch Amazon. And you look at indexes, and you showed me something over the last couple of weeks. What were the largest companies in the S&P 500 10 and 20 years ago in what they are now? And that has certainly transitioned. You can see there are energy companies that were in there many years ago. Right. The mega cap companies currently are underperforming. I'm talking about Meta, Apple, Amazon, Google, NVIDIA. Which means that there's going to be pressure on those companies as well because the indexes are going to have to cut their weightings. Well, they get cut as the stock goes down. And the interesting part about it is most of those companies benefited disproportionately from the pandemic. And obviously, they've grown in size. And it's just harder to move the needle when you become that large a company. The other thing is that the S&P 500 as a whole is still 20 percent in terms of price to sales above the peak of the tech bubble. So you could say the S&P 500 is still very expensive, but if you actually adjust it, which our analysts did, we find that the S&P, you take out those top 10 holdings, it's actually very attractively priced. So you really want to look at individual stocks, not ETFs well, and you indices. Well, you stole the lead, and that's exactly where I was going with all of this, is that the S&P 500 may be under pressure, and we may have not seen the low on the S&P 500, but that does not mean within the S&P 500 there are sectors that that are going to do well. And that is the reason why you need to go through your portfolio. It's the reason why I say know what you own and why you own it. And of course, how much you're paying for it and don't get sold a high commission product that you don't know why it's in your portfolio. Absolutely. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano is our President and CEO. Great time to start a plan for 2023. It doesn't take long. Let's talk Click that Get Started button. This is the time, and Annex is ready. Hate to say it, but divorces are up for those over 50. It's called the Gray Divorce. What might it do to your financial plan, and what steps should you take if it's happening to you? That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP and a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst is here. Welcome back. Hi, Danny. We've covered the topic of the gray divorce previously, and I wish we didn't have to, but 
let's do it again. Mm. We'll start at the top with a definition. Sure. So gray divorce is categorically those over the age of 50 years old. Over 60, they're referred to as silver splitters. While the divorce rate may statistically be going down, this particular demographic is on the rise, with over 25% of divorces being over the age of 50. Financially draining, emotionally harrowing, just Uh plain messy. Did it get better or worse during the pandemic? Well, the pandemic skewed a lot of numbers in the economy, and divorce was also one of them. We actually saw the rate of marriages and divorces drop by 12 percent in 20 and 21. But we're going to have to see how the numbers come up now coming out of COVID when the courts are flowing a little bit better and quicker. Sure. You know, we tend to think of retirement as a time of golden years together, but that isn't the case with the gray divorce. And one of the reasons couples divorce is retirement. Weird, right? They hit mm. retirement and find incompatibility, conflict. I know that during our discussion with clients and on our radio shows, we walk people through discussing expectations. You bet, because since older couples have potentially accumulated a more complex estate, the separation of assets does become trickier. This can even make it more difficult for someone on the cusp of retiring. Many times the financial duties are shared in a household couple. One will take care of the bill playing, the other will take care of the investments. And statistically, the women are the ones who don't understand their investments. They feel undereducated when it comes to their finances. And, you know, you add to that the emotional trauma around divorce, the gender gap wage and women's longevity. And this can all become a formula for financial distress. Now, let's face it, A lot of times you're going through it, you just want to get it over with, and that can lead to concessions that are later regretted, such as compounding expense issues, maybe by wanting to keep the family home when they can't financially afford it after divorce, or not even a good understanding of what their investments truly are, or their income stream is even going into the divorce, much less coming out of it. So it's important to understand the process of divorce, yes, but it's really important to have a good understanding of your inflows and outflows, both as a couple and after the divorce is finalized. If you're heading that way, and if it's inevitable, do you wait until the dust has settled or do you bolster up and get a financial plan going into it? Oh, I think you need to understand going into it. That's why a financial planner or certified divorce financial analyst can assist in laying out the financials and showing, again, the expense and income both before and after. The picture after becomes really important. And, you know, again, around the decisions of their biggest expense, which usually is their house, can I keep the house, becomes an important question there. And then what will I do for income after? So including Social Security options. So these are all things that need to be looked at. It's probably a thing for our estate planning team, but and it's all the estate plans oh, would yeah. need to be redone. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. Sure, sure. Beneficiary designations, all of that. Deanne, as a CDFA, a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, you've walked clients through this quite a bit. What have you learned over the years in regard to at least the, the steps to take? Well, here are some basic steps to sidestep some common divorce issues. First off, yeah, have a copy of all your financial records as soon as you can going into this. And we're talking about bank records, tax returns, pensions, investment statements, pay stubs, any employment agreements or contracts, any awards like options through a company, and have a copy of your debts, loans, mortgages, bills. This can really save a lot of time and money of not having to potentially go through an expensive recovery process. And that's a legal process later when it comes to revealing income, assets, debts, and analyzing them. And you'll have to file all of this in the court anyway. Also, you should have an understanding, I mentioned before, of your Social Security 
benefits. If you were married for over 10 years and not remarried, you're entitled to half your spouse's benefit or 100% of yours, whatever's higher. And by the way, it does not take anything away from your ex. Doesn't matter if they remarry. This will not impact their benefit. And so it's not a negotiable asset in a divorce negotiation. You want to ensure the continuation of your own income. So if you're being awarded any kind of spousal support, be sure there's a disability insurance policy in place if the payer is still working or a life insurance policy, right? So if something happens to them, you'll get continuation of payments, or at least you'll get what's due to you per the marital settlement agreement. It sounds super complex. Who walks with somebody on this? You know, if you come to Annex, we do have myself as a certified divorce financial analyst and CPAs and financial planners who are wealth managers who can sit and do some projections. We can take a look at where you currently are and where you may end up. Deanne, any last thoughts? Yeah. Finally, even if people are going through uh, the divorce themselves, it's called pro se, and they feel they have an amicable enough relationship to do it with a mediator, we always recommend using an attorney or you know, having someone advocate for you. There are so many considerations and having the right team at the time to ensure that you not only financially and emotionally survive the process, but helping you understand you could actually thrive after is so important. We walk through all of it, folks. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, talking about the gray divorce. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. The Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee is locked and laser-focused on every aspect of the markets. Go deep with the SWAT podcast. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Delivered every Monday morning on Spotify. Search Annex Wealth Management for the SWAT podcast. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. A while back, our next team member was on one of our radio shows, and we discovered she was not a millennial, as we assumed, but she was indeed living and breathing member of Gen Z, Generation Z. Let's welcome back Jenny Jesse, financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Jenny. Hi, Danny. So is it good or bad that you are what would be considered an old Gen Zer? Well, since I'm right at the beginning of the cutoff to be considered a Gen Z, I feel like I'm sort of a mix between a millennial and a Gen Z. I definitely grew up surrounded by technology, which is one thing that definitely sets Gen Z apart from earlier generations. But since I'm an older member of Gen Z, I'm somewhat out of touch with what the kids are saying nowadays. Are you really? Well, welcome. This is how it starts. Help my boomer brain out. Gen Z is defined how? Generally, someone is Generation Z if they were born between the late 1990s and the early 2010s. So those are people that are currently about 10 to 25 years old. I spotted an article about Gen Z, and the opening sentence was kind of grim. For Gen Z, it's daunting to think about saving, investing, and planning for retirement. Jenny, is it daunting? I've always been interested in personal finance, and I actually got my degree in personal finance. So to me, financial planning is second nature. But for my friends who aren't in the financial sector, they have described it as daunting and confusing. A common attitude of younger people seems to be they want to spend their money now, and they'll figure that all out later. No, so here's what you faced. As you started your career, the stock and bond markets have been in turmoil. A lot of talk about recession, wages not keeping up with inflation, credit card debt interest rates are rising, housing costs have surged, and a massive retirement savings shortfall has gotten worse. 
Makes you want to go back to school, doesn't it? There certainly have been a number of major economic events since I started my career, which can definitely seem intimidating. But I like to focus on the big picture and look at things over the long run. It's easy to get caught up in what's happening now, but I do think it's important to plan for the future. Your future self will be glad you did. Even for Gen Z, it's not a bad idea to do a financial health checkup. You sketch out that roadmap. It balances immediate money goals. You're maybe saving for retirement, even if it's decades away. I'll tell you this. We should all be doing it. My generation is no better. That seemed far in the future. So for many listening now, the future is now, but not for you. There are five things that people say young people should do to get their finances in order. Let's see if you agree. And the first is to pay down debt. Yeah, many young people have debt from student loans or credit cards, and another popular option that's a bit newer to the scene is buy now, pay later. However, it's easy to get wrapped up in this and accrue large balances that are difficult to pay off. It's important to look at the interest rates and fees associated with your debt to really understand what the cost of that money is. A common rule of thumb is to pay down your highest interest rate debt first, as that is the most costly. And it's also important to keep current with your payments to build up your credit score for those bigger purchases later in life, like buy buying a home. Yeah. How about diversification? As the old saying goes, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Having a diversified portfolio helps balance out the risk of your investments. It's a good idea to invest across different sectors and asset classes. Many young people are intrigued by cryptocurrency, which, as we've seen over the past year, can be very volatile. Yeah, a little. And it's important to determine your risk tolerance. This is the amount of risk you're comfortable with. But another important factor is your risk capacity. This is the amount of risk your portfolio can afford to take on. For example, someone who's closer to retirement may have a lower risk capacity because they're going to need to start drawing from those savings soon. Whereas a member of Generation Z has a higher capacity for risk since retirement is decades into the future. Us younger folks can sustain the volatility of the market since we won't be touching those retirement funds for many years. We're with Jenny Jesse, a financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management, part of Generation Z. And we're going over a list of suggestions to implement. They really make sense for all of us. How about emergency savings? It's typically recommended that people have three to six months worth of their living expenses stashed aside in an emergency savings account. Having an emergency savings can help keep you out of debt down the road. It might seem more important to pay off your student loans first before starting to build up a savings account, but when an unexpected expense arises and there's no emergency fund to pull from, you may be forced to take on high interest debt to cover that expense. So having an emergency savings can help keep your financial plan on track. Hey, what do you think about this? The suggestion you should have a personal balance sheet. What is that? I think that's a great way to truly understand what you own and what you owe. So a balance sheet is going to show all of your assets versus any liabilities. And I personally update my own balance sheet each January so I can get a gauge of what my assets look like compared to liabilities. Having this holistic view of your finances allows you to make a plan to increase your assets by saving more and decrease any liabilities by paying them off over time. This goes hand in hand with having a budget to understand what your income versus expenses are. You've got a great plan. I think you're atypical, though, right? I mean, don't you think? Right. I am yeah. a little bit of a nerd, not your typical Gen Z. Just most people my age aren't thinking about finances the way I am. Uh, you're going to thank yourself down the road. And the final suggestion, I know it seems so far away, plan for retirement. 
Yeah, as I mentioned before, it's psychological nature to think about what you want in the current moment, and it's more difficult to think about your future self. But young people have time on their side, allowing for years and years of growth in their investment accounts. This is why it's so important to start saving as soon as you can, even if it's just a little bit. Another common rule of thumb is to save 10 to 15% of pay to get yourself on track for retirement. However, young people may be balancing debt payments with saving for retirement, so that isn't always possible for everyone. If your employer-sponsored retirement plan offers a matching contribution, it's great to take full advantage of that if you can afford to do so. Receiving that employer match is essentially free money towards your retirement savings. You know, everything we've talked about is stuff that every single generation should have been doing or needs to be doing. Right. Yeah, I would say this is really prudent advice for anyone. Right. For investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Jenny Jesse, financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Danny. Ask Annex is next. Stick around. We're going to be right back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Time for Ask Annex. Same rules in 2023. If you got a question for us, you head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. As always, if we can help, look for that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle is in the studio. She's a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hi, Danny. Happy New Year. And Matt Moore is the investment team manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back to you. Happy New Year, Danny. All right. First one is from Carly. What is your opinion of online banks? Well, the advantage of an online bank is they have lower overhead since they don't actually have brick and mortar branches. So typically that results in their ability to pay a higher interest rate on savings accounts and they also have lower fees. Plus the online experience tends to be a little bit better, but you have to be comfortable with a digital relationship. It's difficult to deposit cash there and there isn't that personal relationship that you have when you actually walk into your local bank branch. Yeah, and I think they're popular because it is higher rates, right? Exactly. Lower fees, higher rates, that's a big selling point. Next up from Thomas. I am 30 years old and have two retirement accounts from previous employers and just getting started working for a new company. When I become eligible for benefits in three months, should I go ahead and consolidate the accounts? Would it be better to keep them separate? I don't know the pros and cons of both. Well, this is the simplification versus diversification question. If you don't have the time or desire to keep track of the three different retirement accounts, then consolidation would make sense in order to achieve that simplification. However, different retirement plans have different investment options, so you might want to keep them separate for diversification. Keep in mind that different plans charge different fees as well. So I would suggest doing some homework, look at the investment options and the fees of each plan, and then decide if you have time and the desire to monitor more than one plan. Yeah, and I work really close with Tom and our retirement plan team here, and I review all of the fun options for all the plans that we help manage, as well as any companies that we potentially might partner up with. And it's really interesting to see the differences between those plans and and which plans have a lot of options that are really high quality, and some plans really don't spend a lot of time looking at that, and there's not much there. So I would really, really look at that. But one other thing to do as well, too, is if you've got old plans, maybe that's an opportunity to consolidate and roll over into an IRA that maybe you could directly manage or have somebody manage for you like Annex. 
Yeah, and then you have that open architecture for your investment options. Way to go, Thomas, at 30. You're thinking the right way. Next from Phil, I want to set up index funds for each of my grandkids who are minors with seed money that they can use to invest future birthday, Christmas, allowance money, etc. What should I use? Well, I think that's awesome that, that you're doing. That's going to be a really great gift for them. So when I'm looking at investment options, one thing I'm looking at is what's the goal for this end money? And also what's the risk tolerance that I want to take for it as well too? So how soon is this money going to be used for them? Is this is something when they turn 18 that they're going to use for college? Is it something that may be long-term for a down payment of a house, a wedding, or even further into retirement? So think about what that time horizon is for you and how aggressive or conservative you want to be. There's a lot of ways to do it though. So you could come to a place and have them manage that money for you. Otherwise, you could look at places places like Vanguard or, or iShares that has a lot of different investment options, they'll have packaged together ETFs that might have a certain risk tolerance to it that will do kind of all of that for you as well. So Grandpa Phil's thinking one thing, wait till the grandkids say, I'm going to, no, I'm going to get a PlayStation. <laughs> right. Next up from John, after my grandfather passed away in 2017, the inherited IRA he left me has been in a, and then he names the fund. When I compare its performance against the S&P 500, it is significantly worse, which makes me believe my money is not in a good fund right now. I'm very inexperienced with investing. I have strong feeling that there could be better growth funds where I can move it. I am 28. Yeah. So to me, this is, you know, without knowing the fund that they're looking in, are you comparing apples to apples or not? The S&P 500 is a diversified basket of 500 or so of the largest companies in, in the U.S. But the fund that you're invested in might have a different objective to it. There's a reference to a growth fund at the end of the question. So with that, you're going to have more technology. You're going to have more large cap names in there as well, too. So you might not be comparing apples to apples in there. Again, you want to look at that. You also want to look at how much risk is being taken. Some really easy metrics that you can look at that is the sharp rate ratio, which is comparing essentially how much return are you getting based on the risk that you're taking or the up-down capture ratio, which is showing on good days, how much do you get versus on bad days, how much of that badness do you get with that as well too. And looking to see how those measure up against each other. And then lastly, how does that fit within your overall portfolio of investments? This might be something that you have one specific reason for, or when you look at everything else, maybe you are a lack in diversification because it's too much like other things as well too. So a good opportunity to review your full portfolio. Yeah, and not every mutual fund uses the S&P 500 as their benchmark. So when you're picking a fund, look at what they're trying to achieve. Is it a passive mutual fund that's trying to meet their benchmark, or is it an active mutual fund that's trying to beat their benchmark? Last week, we brought up some TikTok investing advice, and I got a lot of feedback on it. I found a list of the worst TikTok financial advice. Would you mind if we saved it for next week and kind of go over these? Because this is what not to do. Yeah, that sounds great. That's going to be a lot of fun. Which I think the moral of our story is don't go to TikTok for investing advice. (laughs) I mean, that is just a great idea for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning the right way. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Matt Morsey, Investment Team Manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hey, what's the Annex experience? Find out next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer, good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying, great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP, and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management is back. Hello. Danny, how are you? Not bad. You know we're all invested in the success of our clients. It goes beyond the portfolio. It stretches into their pre, into their post-retirement lives because we want it to be right. We want the experience to be of the highest quality, and that is the Annex experience. Yeah, it is. And the Annex experience, and, and what we call now the Annex experience binder, is a tool or an opportunity for you to see what we do in writing laid out before you and really give you the story of Annex in the best possible way. It's simple, it's transparent, it's easy to follow. And I know this thing right from the start defines how Annex Wealth Management operates. In fact, the first page is the who we are section, our founding, our employee count, the number of clients, our type of clients, our locations. It's all summed up one page. Why we did it that way is it's basically bottom line up front, right? This is who we are, this is what we do, and this is the story of us. But we can do it in one one page, and that's what's key. It's, it's short. It's right there, right at the start. Yep. And the rubber meets the road right after that. And that's where we explain how Annex Wealth Management is a fiduciary, not just sometimes, all of the time. Why is that important? Well, it's important because it separates us. It's That's the difference, right? You say it all the time, know the difference. That's the difference. 100% of the time, we are a fiduciary acting in the best interest of our clients. And we spell that out right from the get-go in our experience binder. The Annex Wealth Management Experience Binder covers how we customize planning, where your money is held, and in explicit detail outlines how our fees work. Yeah, and that's what's important. It's 100% transparent. This is what we do. This is how we help our clients. And these are the teams and the tools that we bring to the table to make sure you have a successful financial retirement picture. Let's talk about some of those teams. Our clients will become familiar with the wealth manager and the client service manager. This is the quarterback and the quarterback A of the team here because the client service manager and wealth manager are really the ones that are helping you get to where you need to be, doing all the research, but they're pulling in all these other teams that are listed on in the book. Yeah, we're built on that team platform because nobody really can do it alone. Let's talk about financial planning team and their involvement with our clients, and that department just keeps getting bigger. That department is amazing, and I, I wish we had time today to talk about some of the amazing things they just did recently, but really it's a team of certified financial planners that are going to look at what you have going on, look for the opportunities, build out the financial plan, and come back to us and say, this is what we see, these are the opportunities, let's take advantage of X, Y, or Z, or at least, hey, you want to retire at this date, we see this as the opportunity, or maybe this is something we need to tackle and change, but if we do this, this leads to success. That's for new clients coming in, but established clients, they get it as well. That's very true. So just because you've been with Annex for 5, 10, 15 years doesn't mean the financial planning team doesn't look at it and the wealth manager doesn't say, hey, I see an opportunity. It just might not be up front because you've been reviewing it you know, once, twice a year, always talking about these things. The Annex experience, it's our goal. It should be your expectation. How about tax planning? Tax planning is huge. You know, we talk about it. You need to be constantly thinking about this. Some folks, maybe not, right? It's, it's real straightforward, but a lot of those business owners, those executives, those high net worth people where they got a lot of different things coming in, I'll throw out the dreaded K-1. That's where you take the tax team and you feed them this information and they're looking at it going, yep, we see this opportunity. We should do this instead of that. And it's a constant ongoing thing. And that's what's key. It's some of these instances depending on the executive or the business owner, we're looking at this every quarter because the situation is changing so much. The Annex Experience, Brandon Lehman is Director of Branch Development, CFP, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. So where other firms might contract outside companies for the investment management, we absolutely positively do not. Yeah, everything is done in-house, and that's what's amazing. We have individuals here with CFAs, PhDs, MBAs, and they're looking and building the best solutions for our clients that fit 
their needs inside their financial plan, all under the roof here at Annex. How about that estate planning team? That thing gets bigger all the time to meet our clients' needs. And that's another unique thing that people don't think about, but the estate planning side of the house is, one, is that all your documents good? Yeah. Let's just review that. That's straightforward. And, and for some clients, we're just looking at that every few years to make sure everything's good. But then there are situations where, does that even make sense anymore? Or you don't have anything, but you want to do something complex. Talk to our estate planning attorneys. That's included in this comprehensive wealth management fee-only fiduciary, the different things we're going to do. But having that team is such an amazing asset for the firm and for our clients, especially for our clients. I ran into Amy from that team at the coffee machine and I said, hey, you can download this stuff now. She just laughed. Yeah, you could, but how good is that going to be? That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, we share a lot of information on our radio shows and some say we give it away, but what you hear over the air is only a glimpse into the client experience. Once you're a client, a whole new level opens up to you and your family. Yeah, it's really just getting the full annex experience. And what I mean by the full annex experience is not just the planning, but it's the guidance. It's the ability to call up and bounce an idea off of us. Should I pay off the mortgage? You know, does this sound right? Or should we think about that? It's all right here at Annex. You call and we have the teams here in the capabilities and the skill set to do our best answers. And if we don't, we know we can find somebody who can help us out. I think this thing is tremendous. There is a significant difference between financial advisors. We want you to know the difference. The Annex experience, it is transparent. It's professional. It provides value. What it does is it shows the skill set and the depth of the teams that Annex brings to the table and all the different things we can do for you. Maybe you don't need all of it. Maybe you need one of the four. Maybe you need all four, but they're all here waiting for us to help you. We'd be proud to show you. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Get going on that wealth metric process. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP, and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. There's a lot there, but thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and a additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Robert Chastain joins us, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Happy New Year, Robert. Happy New Year, Danny. Yeah. What's true and what is not true about retirement planning? There's a lot of mixed messages. We're going to talk about some and some of the common assumptions and see what Robert thinks. Robert, what do you think about this? And I see this in marketing often. Before you can retire, you need to have at least X amount of money saved. You know, it's an interesting statement, you know, but it's an incomplete statement, Danny, because retirement is a full equation. You need the amount that you have saved. You need your expenses. You need the number of years you're going to live. And then I'll tell you if you have enough saved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very nice. So it's one of these things that if you're like, listen, I, I want to retire. I need to retire. Maybe I'm going to do it in six months. Maybe I'm going to do it in six years. Sitting down with a financial advisor like Annex Wealth Management will at least kind of give you that picture. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at it's amazing how many people don't really realize what their expenses are. And when they see them on paper and they see what they add up to over a month, over a quarter, over a year, sometimes it really surprises them. And they realize, you know what? 
I really could cut some of these expenses. If you want to get to retirement quicker, that's one way to do it. Okay, what about this? And this is our second point. Retirees typically need to meet 70 to 80% of their pre-retirement expenses. Is that true or not true? I'll go back to the equation again, right? So it costs money to work, right? You got to get to work. You maybe have to have dress clothes, suits, dresses, lunches, gifts for coworkers, right? So when you stop working, yes, some of those costs end, but you know what? Most of the time they shift to new activities because guess what? You have an extra 40, 50 hours a week to find new activities. So most of, most of the time those activities will cost something. I find that it's typically a cost shift, not a just lost cost when you do retire. True, not true. Number three, maxing out your annual 401k contributions is all you need to save for retirement. And the key phrase there is maxing out. Is that true, not true? I don't think it's a bad idea, but when the statement there is all you need to do, <laughs> if you save $3 million but spend 500000 a year, you got six years, yeah. six years of funds. So again, let's put the whole equation together and let's find out exactly what you spend. And I'm, I, I, I might sound like a broken record, Danny, but you have to look at the totality of everything to have confidence that you can retire in comfort and do the things that you want to do. Number four on the list, if you haven't saved enough, you can always work longer or get a part-time job in retirement. That's an it depends thing, isn't it? Because maybe you want to, maybe you don't want to though. What if you lose your health? Then you can't work. Yep. Now you don't have any choice, right? It's always better to front load the retirement savings right? And then coast into it yeah. rather than go, okay, I'm always going to be fine. And I might pick up 20, 25 hours a week in retirement because maybe you can't, maybe you have uh, knee replacements, you know, hip replacements, bad joints, uh, many things can happen. So you want to make sure that you have your retirement set long before that. Now it's a choice if your health is good, but if it's not good, then you don't have that choice. Yeah. Number five, true, not true. You shouldn't retire until your mortgage is paid off. Well, I mean, how does your mortgage fit into the rest of your expenses? And how does your mortgage fit into the amount of money you have saved? We'll go back to that whole equation. And that's the one nice thing about a plan with Annex. All of these variables and factors are put into the equation and we will know for sure whether or not retirement fits for you. It shocks me that people would try and retire without a plan. The final myth, at retirement, your investments should be very conservative. I might say a portion of them should, and that portion might be funds that you're going to use in the first five years, seven years, whatever you're comfortable with. But how about funds that you think you're never going to use? You already know they're earmarked for your kids. Maybe you invest those funds for their risk tolerance at their ages. So if you know that you have an excess amount of money, you want to invest those funds for longevity for your children or whoever else you're earmarking that money for. It could even be a charity, right? Yeah. So maybe you want higher growth for that. So a broad brush never paints the whole picture. You yeah. have to get into the details. And folks, I think you've heard Robert uh, kind of make the point, get a plan, folks. Let's work together. Let's clear things up. It all starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click on that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Danny. What are the four stages of retirement as you go through them? The first, the second, the third, the fourth. We'll talk about that next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. 
With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? I spotted a fascinating study titled Longevity and the New Journey to Retirement, Covering Aging and Financial Habits in America. I immediately thought of Mark Becker, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services, and just like magic, here he is. Hey, Mark. Hi, Danny. So you're in front of many of our clients. You've got significant experience seeing them progress through phases of retirement. This study names four sub-phases that people might pass through. I want to talk about the four sub-phases, get your thoughts and perspective. The first phase, which is actually accounting for the 10 years before retirement, is what's called the anticipation phase. It's marked by optimism, excitement over the prospect of retiring, with some anxiety over financial readiness. This is the period in which financial advice is most sought. Is that what you find? Well, I'm actually glad to hear people talk in terms of 10 years prior to retirement. I would say I see that more around five years prior to retirement where people start to dial in and get a little more focused and a little more detailed. But 10 years is a better window. Really, you should be getting financial advice from the beginning. But when you start to think about solidifying your plan, preparing for retirement, that's a good phase to think about. There's some of the questions, by the way, in my mind that come up that are common to be addressing here. This is the do I have enough money conversation, really? And there's a lot of different ways that people approach that, but at the heart of it is really that aspect, right? And the other piece is what don't I know? So what are the things I need to be putting in place to properly prepare myself to make that transition into retirement? If people feel that they might not have enough, are there things that they can do 10 years, five years out that can address that? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's you. this is where you're going to solidify, am I adequately saving enough? Am I doing it efficiently enough? So for example, I can maybe save more, but if I do it post-tax instead of pre-tax, it'll be more valuable in retirement. So move some needles a little bit. You're also really starting to pay attention to what your lifestyle costs. Get focused on that and you think about what is my actual cash flow, not what's my income, not what the W-2 say, you know, when I was doing my taxes, but what does my cash flow need? And you can see that that will be a dramatically different number. The second phase, which runs from the day after retirement to two years being retired, is the liberation slash disorientation phase. Here, new retirees are excited by new freedoms, the luxury of time, but they're also uncertain about how to spend their time and money. Some 25% of retirees in this phase consider themselves semi-retired and may still work. Do you find this? Oh, absolutely. Semi-retirement has grown in popularity a lot. I think it's a great tool. It's a great segue from you know the career-focused into kind of the retirement phase. So if that's part of your plan, I think it's a really good idea. I like that we're also talking about how do I spend my time and my money. Often I find with people who have been very, very career-focused, they may not have a lot of hobbies. They might not have those things outside of work that they're really interested in. And I'll sort of start to nudge them around planning for what might that look like. Where are you going to spend your time? What are the things that are going to keep you engaged and feeling young and you know motivated and those kinds of things? And uh, you know, watching people go into that first phase, those folks that have a game plan, they know what they want to do, they have interests and hobbies, 
they are very well adjusted a couple of years into retirement. And those folks that are trying to reinvent that piece, they don't know where to spend their time. They struggle a little bit more with that transition to retirement. So I've witnessed that with people and, and try to push them. I've even gone so far as to say to folks that are, I think are going to struggle just with the personality shift that occurs, make sure you plan right away heading into retirement where you want to take, say, your retirement vacation, because this will give you a clear break in terms of the alarm clock every single day versus there's no need for alarm clock anymore. So kind of get yourself out of your normal environment and move on. From year three to 14 of retirement, retirees are in the reinvention phase, which is the heart of retirement, according to this study. It's when retirees do the most, they explore the most, family is growing, that's a big pleasure. Health becomes a little bit more of a concern, and that's where retirees learn to shift their mindset from accumulation to distribution. Yeah, starting to settle into the routine of a good financial plan that they're counting on. So I think about this, if you look at the transition out of the liberation disorientation phase that we were just talking about. Financial anxiety there is usually, I'm not sure if my budget numbers are right. I'm not sure if my spending assumption is right. And so therefore, I'm questioning the validity of my financial plan. Now I'll move into this new phase here, the reinvention phase. They're starting to really get comfortable with, yeah, I see what my cash flow looks like. I know that we've built a financial plan based on reasonable assumptions. This is me. This is what my plan ought to look like. And I see the outcome to it. So the watching the movement of the market every single day and translating that into spendable dollars, that risk that is associated with that dissipates at this point and it gets settled in. So this is a comfort zone for people. This is where we're really just being happy about where we are financially and happy about where we're spending our time and our energies in retirement. At year 15, retirees enter the reflection resolution stage. It's a good time. They've learned to live within their means. They've remained resilient even in the face of loss that they might face. They start to think about legacy. Yeah, this is a big transition, too, for folks. You know, where do I want to make my impact? You know, we all start to face that reality that we're not here forever. And, you know, it's a win for all of us, not a if for all of us that we're going to pass away at some day. So thinking about what my legacy might be, how that might feel, what I want to do, what I want to accomplish. Ten years out, right on the doorstep, already retired, we take the time to meet the need. Mark Beck is Managing Director of Wealth Management Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for having me, Danny. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Good to have you here. Just a quick reminder, this show will be on Annex Wealth Management and Spotify at the top of the hour. So if you came in late, you want to hear it in its entirety, that'd be great. All of our stuff is on Spotify. Great place to go. I'm Danny Clayton. Dave Spano is our president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. So how's 2023 treating you so far? Yeah, well, hopefully better than 2022. You know, we covered extensively the debacle that was 2022, comparing it to to uh, returns that we haven't seen in nearly 100 years for a 60-40 portfolio. So uh, it was a bad year, but of course there is always this uh, economic term of reversion to the mean, right? But that doesn't mean it's going to happen in 23. It could happen in 24. You know, Danny, this uh, if there is a recession 
in 23. It will be the most highly anticipated recession that we've ever experienced. So maybe it happens and maybe it doesn't. You know, and the recession, one thing I've learned is, is that it probably could be already happening. And until they declare it, we won't really know. But the evidence is mounting. The preamble to it is what do you see going into it? Do you see an economic slowdown? Do you see job losses? Do you see an inverted yield curve? All of these things. And we're starting to see them now. So there's, I don't think there's much doubt that we're going to have a slowdown. Does it turn into back-to-back quarters of, of negative GDP? That's really the question. You've flown through a few storms in your career. Got any advice for us? Yeah, well, of course, keep the seatbelts on. It, <laughs> the, right. Yeah, the volatility sure, for sure will be with us uh, in 2023. And that is the reason why you know the rest of it, it's not just always about investments, even though we spend uh, a lot of time with our investment team. We, you know, we, I'll compare our investment team to, to many others. Uh, you know, it's just not one guy or a couple of guys trying to pick some mutual funds. We've got an in-depth team. You should compare that to anyone else that you're working with. Well, yeah, sure. Walk into your place if you're not with Annex Wealth Management and ask about their investment team, is, or is it somebody that just emails what they are going to do? Uh, we had that segment a couple of weeks ago about what makes up the investment committee, and you got a bunch of very smart people on that team and they're working for you locally. Yeah, that's right. And of course, you know, you get you get access to this entire team as well as access to our estate planning lawyers, our CPAs to do tax planning. And that really is holistic wealth management. It's not just slinging a product at you, and which does happen from time to time. Yeah. So as we look into 2023, defensively, how how do we posture? Yeah, and there's, so there's going to be a lot of themes, I think, in 23, Danny, that uh, appear to be de- developing as we speak, and that is pressure on profit margins. Earnings season is going to start here in just a few weeks, and I think we're going to start to see that. But there will be this bifurcation of companies that can make money, that will make money, that have low debt, that have free cash flow. Those are companies that you're going to want to look at. Some of the profit margins were actually pretty good, but was that a result of raising prices, and at a certain point you can't keep doing that? You know, it's it's interesting. The, the Fed's trying to slow down uh, the economy, right? And that's really what they're trying to do. And so they cannot control the supply side. They can only control the demand side. So they're trying to tamp down demand. That means, of course, that there's less pressure on employees and employees' demands for higher wages. Meanwhile, the consumer, which is what, 70% of GDP, right. continues to spend money. Uh, I just saw the figures for the online sales for the end of 2020 and actually not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. And if you do break that apart, you'll see that where there is spending, and of course, it's a good thing that they're going into bars and restaurants, right? <laughs> right. So that we was need a, to. Yeah, that's right. So that is something that we're going to continue to see. And of course, inflation is starting to roll over already. We're starting to see that evidence. That's just one of the themes that we'll see in 2023. But all of this means, what does this mean for your portfolio? What does it mean for you if you're listening to this? What does it mean for your estate plan, your holistic wealth management? and that is choosing the right team. There's two questions that that I think you should ask. Who's on the team that you're dealing with, number one? And number two, are they a fee-only fiduciary? Those are important words. One of the things that I think we picked up on recently is that if you're with somebody else and when they get to start to talk about the fixed income portion of your portfolio, the tendency with somebody who is going to maybe steer somebody to something that is, I guess it's within fixed income, but it's a high commission. Yeah, we see a lot of that uh, product sales these days. So they try to slam you into a fixed income annuity or or a high commission product. And I would just say, just be careful of that. 
full-scale wealth management, especially on the fee-only side, really will never do that. So uh, go through the plan, make sure you understand, make sure you stress test it, make sure you know who you're working with. Do you ever feel that when people hear fee-only that it's just they're going to be just fee after fee after yeah, fee after yeah, I do. fee. Well, I do. I don't love the thing. term. I don't. But that really? is, yeah, no, I don't. But that is a term that uh, has been uh, identified in the industry. And it really means that you won't get a commission right. product where, from a brokerage firm or a bank or an insurance company. Yeah. So 2022 was an interesting year. And if you navigated it and felt a little bit unsure, because maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer. And we've got plenty of do-it-yourselfers that check out this, this radio show. And we give away a lot of advice. You really don't know exactly how much Annex Wealth Management can bring until you sit down across from us, and we'd love to do that. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Good show, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you, Danny. Folks, we are going to see you in a week. Thank you for listening. See you back here next uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.